Back like a bad habit, but better than you ever had it. Welcome to the Wednesday Night A Show. You are rocking with the AE Double Dudes. It's me, you, and these zoobs too. Come Mr. Matty Pie in the damn back, and the Brainiacs are out in force tonight, zoobs, for, uh, well, pe people want to hear from Hello, me. People, Brainiac. they, they want to hear from the zoobs after one of the hardest to talk about, weirdest, Come on. worst, best, episodes of dynamite uh that have been put for zoobs I, I i need to go to you my big brother Flash. how's the man of 100 likes feeling give me the temperature check it's unbelievable i'm in an unbelievable space uh thank you for all the subs we'll get to you guys in a second there's gonna be a message come through here from e prime in just a second that i will let play smiley face <laughs> nice messaging thanks and to you <laughs> A crazy episode of AEW Dynamite. I uh, can't wait to talk about it. Can't wait to get into it. Wrestling brain forever. Colt Cabana never. Uh, unbelievable Come stuff. On. Unbelievable stuff. Uh, I can't wait. I would say I would say in this one, a contender for my worst hour of AEW that I've seen. Brains in the chat. And also the, the most from scared soul. that I've been that the show was uh, over. That we were done. That I would do, that you were going to not get on this call, basically. The sort of it would be Matt and I, and I'd be like, "Listen, I don't know what to tell you. I certainly don't have the, I don't have the answer to this. Josh isn't here. We're, it's over. <laughs> I don't you, think you anyone expected actually? me to show tonight. <laughs> he, I, he's I not go back. And there's... then, literally, Shibata comes out beside Chuck Taylor. Uh, God and Tony Khan gives his Come toughest on. battles to his strongest soldiers. You were tested. We were put. We were pushed all the way to the edge." You were given uh, all you can handle and then some. You were given Jeff Jarrett opening this show. Uh, I I don't I don't I we we talked a lot probably the ten minutes we were on this call before this show started. There's the most we've ever talked about an episode of Dynamite. Absolutely like both foaming at the mouth waiting to talk about this thing. Uh, I can't wait to get into it. Uh, I don't know how I I've been trying to formulate a score in my head for fifteen minutes uh, because it was like we are trending towards the worst score I've ever given on this show. I'm like coming into the second hour being like it's a one. I'm coming in here ready to ready to say one, right? Was what what I was ready to do. Um and then I don't even know what to say. The, the second half of the show is uh is is you know, you get a Samoa Joe title defense. You have a, you have you start to get an actual story in the women's division. You have Shibata signing a match. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. I don't know how we're going to talk about like this. I feel like Jeff Jarrett hit me in the head with the guitar zooms. Like, I, <laughs> I am lost uh, as we enter tonight's episode of the A Double Dudes. Let me thank everybody. Heard lots of support there in the chat. Of course, it's going to be a busy night. Lots of activity in the wrestling world. These zooms, Maddie and I, are going to give it to you top to bottom. We might go long tonight. We know what needs to be done on this episode of AEW Dynamite. Uh, if I could quickly helicopter view here, Zoobs. First of all, I would like to ask anybody here for the first time to drop a follow. We would love it. If you would do that, we are on the road to 50,000 Brainiacs. We'd love if you'd be one of them. <laughs> that, that might be the best sound alert we have. Uh, before, I must say, sometimes Matt's secret song doesn't get played. I hate to beg for money on this channel. I don't like to do it. Uh, but this week I insist hey, we, we don't somebody... have to do it. We don't have to do it. We're very well compensated from this for this show. Somebody has to play Matt's secret song this week. It is be you will not believe how good it is. It will be worth every penny. People will love you forever. Uh, so consider that. Zooms, do you want to thank some of the the subs and follows that have come in today? 
let's get through it because people are fired up. I'm fired up. And the faster we get through this, the faster yes. we can talk about this show. You're right. Uh, people deserve to have their stuff read out because they did the job we want them to do, which is sub. Uh, Chris Boulding starting it off seven months with Prime. Easy to do it with Prime. It's free. You're already giving money to Amazon. I bet we've seen the stock price. <laughs> you give money yeah. to Amazon, brother. Good point, uh, Zooms. It's free to give uh, your monthly Twitch sub to us. Uh, just saying. Uh, and then we get part of your skin. Prime. That might be the best song on the channel. I'm a nice man. <laughs> and thank you for the follow. Uh, oh, name scroll by quickly. We'll get to you in a second. Uh, Zoom's uh, maybe the best song on this channel. Yes. That's unbelievable. Um, I'm speechless. I'm sweating. People, lots uh, of map faces in the chat. Uh, cranking the bass, going to his hometown, blasting this out in his car is McVander Huge. I'm the poo flavored one. I'm filled with bugs. <laughs> Sam Fells, 20 months subscribing Thanks, in tier Sam. one, 16 months for McVander Huge. Uh Thomas P. Thomas W, as we said, subscribe with Prime, 20 months. Uh Castle of Lear. Uh subscribing with Prime. We said three months. Uh E Prime, 24 months. That's two years, baby. Pace foul. That's 20 months. Troy Penderloin at 19 months. Bobby Burritos, 10 months. And Ashton Kutcher gifting one out to Colt Cabana and then the Lance swiftly <laughs> banning Colt Cabana from wrestling ring. <laughs> I support you, Jake. Thank you to the Lance. And uh, take a hit so. uh, in there from uh, America's So Bad and Heart Note and assist this the early? working man uh, for um, Tom Hummel, which I will. Thank you, Tom. Uh, Zoobs, I know we want to get to the scores and into the show oh, because there's so much to say tonight. And you're right. There should be a sense of urgency. Despite that, I'm going to say a little bit of an opening salvo tonight, and I apologize. Uh, I just want to say that, and I think I speak for Zoobs here. I don't, we don't do the show to do nights of AW dudes like tonight. I think that like overanalyzing wrestling or shitting all over it is like pretty cornball behavior generally. Um, but I also have to come on here and be honest. And so while the AW dudes you normally get on a Wednesday is Zoobs and I and Matt pounding around about dynamite, that's the show I like to do. I'm interested in looking forward to this. I, I must put a bit of a uh warning on tonight's episode that i'm going to be a negative nancy on you large swaths of this episode large swaths yeah. and if you don't like my if you're one of these people 
doing the snide jokes in our Twitter mentions, knowing my tastes. My, my heels are four times dugger in than they've ever been. It's going to be a, my, my uh, stances are going to be on fuego tonight because they were they were forced into a position. Uh, Zoom. So I just want to get that out of the way. You're a wounded animal with your back against the wall right here. I'm a poo-flavored one. I'm filled with bugs, <laughs> is what I guess I would say in that instant, Zooms. Now, why don't we do what it is we do best around here, Zooms, on a scale of one to seven? One being the worst and seven being the best. What did you, the Zoobs, and you, the Brainiacs, in the chat rate tonight's episode of AEW Dynamite? You didn't spend time on it, Zoobs, or you did spend time on it. You spent time from your life on it in that did first you have, hour. Did I ever? <laughs> but, but correct me, Zoobs. So you, you didn't spend, what was it? Money, that's right. No money, but you did spend two hours of your life. And boy, I bet after hour one, you were like, man, that's not coming back. So you know the drill. Maddie, play the music. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Come on. One. <laughs> Two, three, four, five, six, seven. Come on. Ooh, it's juicy, Zoobs. Tonight it's juicy. Put it on a pair of sweatpants in the mid aughts. So, I'm honestly so excited to get into this. Um, oh boy. Then here I go. Let's get to it, Zoobs. DJ Stern Dad with the three. America so bad with the three and a half. Corvax 1266 with a three. Hits around with the three and a half. Hey, my name is Will with a four. Tor Prendelon with a four. Castle of Lear with a three. Trillium McGinnis with a four. Irish Mac 21 with a four. E Prime with a four. Or seventh defensive with a four. No clue what this is with a three. Ashley Kutcher with a four. Sam Fels with a four. I am AB with a three. Good friend Jake with a three. Nibbles on five with a three. McDonald Huge with a two and a half. Tom Hummel with a four. Quite gone Jim with a five. Dennis Sturdy Work with a four. Maddie back with a three. Area Thrasher with a six. Thomas W with a four and a half. Stick of buns with a three point five. And a slew of come-ons in there as well. Exhilarating. Isn't that exhilarating? Isn't that exhilarating? We talk so much about um, the, our audience and how kind we usually are to the show. As you mentioned a minute ago, I said, said before, it, it almost makes you beg the question, what would it take to get below five with our audience? We have seen it tonight. Uh, hoo, 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 Jeff Jarrett could come out. <laughs> you could literally do Jeff Jarrett in the first segment. <laughs> Oh, yeah, uh, good good. oh let, you know what let's just get into it the horrible music of dynamite plays us in quickly interrupted by darby allen's theme which uh in the sphere of songs that can open the show and interrupt light the fuse i actually like darby's theme quite a bit here uh he's here in his pay-per-view gear and by that i mean his big jacket uh i like what darby's burlap sack theme. sort of thing <laughs> i'm a fan of the big jacket <laughs> how do you feel about the big potato jacket Look, I was like, oh, it's, it's like a, the, a big sack of potatoes that you see in like a cartoon or uh, in the background of a movie uh, in a kitchen scene, like a galley kitchen, you know? What would you say the average was? I forgot to ask there, Zooms. Three and a half, four? I would say the average probably, uh, I would say stick around a low three. I think I thought I saw a lot. I would say I think I saw threes the most. But some people got into the five, six range, um, which is incredible. Um, there were sixes in there? There's a six, there's a six, uh, area thrasher, six it up. Uh, not many, but there was a, there was a six. We got, a, we got, we got a, a couple fives. So, um, yeah. Whew. We get a commercial break five minutes into the show after Jay Lethal and uh, Darby Allen started their match. I thought this was sort of novel. I'm still not sure why that was. They never go to break this early. 
Uh, I thought Darby and Jay put on like a pretty snappy match. I was actually uh, reasonably into it. Of course, I think the highlight of the match for everybody, but certainly myself, Darby does his wonderful uh, Tope Suicida to the outside into Satnam Singh as Jay Lethal sort of is doing the thing where he puts Satnam Singh between him and Darby. And Satnam Singh gets the best job in the world. Uh, he gets to stand there, let this man's body hit him and stand there motionless and look down at him uh, as if a fly had flown into him. Loved this spot, Zeus. Yeah, I'm sticking to my place in the ground where seeing Jay Lethal, uh, as much as I do, upsets me. Sort of, sort of that flatly of just like, there's so many, there's so many people I would rather, I would like to see get the time that Jay Lethal gets and Lethal moves me in no way. Uh, so ha him, like I was sort of, as you mentioned, Darby cutting off the main theme. I have positive associations with Darby opening and closing this show from the strong job that he did in those spots in an earlier period of AEW. Uh, him getting jumped from behind by Jay Lethal, I was sort of immediately like, uh, bad taste, bad taste in the mouth out of the gate. It's just not what I want. I just don't want Jay Lethal on the show. Like as many times as we can sort of be like, oh, he carries this guy to a B plus and uh, it's pretty good. And there's some kickouts and there's some moments. I just like I would rather anybody else basically do that. Uh, Even Tony Nese? Maybe. Honest to God. Honest what about to Matt God. Taven? No, okay. Yeah, well, Matt Taven's a line for me. I don't, again, it, it, there, there are symptoms of the same disease. I, it, it's, it's too ROH for for me. No one's craving Matt Taven. Uh, it's the post-match we're really here for, Zoobs, where the you'll remember last week that uh, uh, Jay said he was going to a an old friend of Darby's to find out his weaknesses. And we sort of threw out some names last week. It was not them. Uh, they teased that it was Sting for a moment. And I invented a new type of guy. Uh, the guy that thought that was Sting for even a moment. As uh, a, a guy, <laughs> in a, he went to party costume Halloween Central on November 1st. And bought the on sale Sting costume uh, for this. But Cole Carter makes his debut. Takes off the Sting mask. And this interrupt is enough for uh, Jay to pick up the win. They tease that Sting is coming out for the save as now Darby is being beaten down by Cole <laughs> Carter and Jay Lethal. And then <laughs> it's not Sting there for the save, Zoobs, is it? Well, first, I mean, the crowd, when Cole Carter was revealed, the crowd. The crowd is is like, I can't believe Cole Carter is here. Uh, like, yeah, they couldn't know, believe it. <laughs> reminiscent. <laughs> yeah. So we have the Cole Carter, who I'm supposed to know, which is great for me. Uh, Stunned. It's truly, I'm truly already like, is what is this? The Cole Carter was was as flat as a thing can fall, and then it's J it's Jeff Jarrett. It's literally Jeff Jarrett. I don't know uh, how to. I, I have to I, agree with Pace Fall in the chat here. Uh, Cole Farter with this debut. This was flat as could he'd be. He'd be so Landon. lucky to be that memorable to have a Farter <laughs> attached to him. He'd be lucky. <laughs> you know what? Seems that's always you said it perfect, my brother. I can't um, even okay. place what he looks like. The amount of stuff that happens in this show, I completely forget his. If he could, he could be the fourth, you know, video screen on this call, and I wouldn't know who it was. Holy, holy! And that's not, and that's not the worst part of the segment by a long shot. What a night! Jeff Jarrett, now in AEW, hits Darby <laughs> Allen with his guitar, and uh, he starts explaining. I, I hate this man. He starts explaining to us that 
His family got into this business in 1976. And that's true. How much quality do you think of him and his old man cranked out since 1976? I mean, 50 years is a long time, Zoops. I'm coming up on 50 years. A lot. Name some of your favorite Jeff Jarrett uh, matches and moments there, Zoops, if you don't mind. I mean, this is this is such a such a moment for me. This I I this was a moment where I had my first time with AEW being like, I can see myself not watching this show anymore. It's possible. It it, it could happen. To a, I, before I was like, I was like, I don't know what could possibly happen. I was like, oh, it could happen. Enough things could happen. This could go badly enough that I would just not care about the show anymore. I hate to be so affected by pro wrestling. But there would be no getting around that this show means a lot to me. And by that, I mean Dynamite and the double digits that we do after it. And so when something I hate this much is happening, I feel like something more than just, oh, my TV show is making a choice I don't like. Right. I'm having like an exponential crisis. I'm like, does Tony Khan, are those people, are those nut bars on Twitter, right? Like, does Tony Khan not know what the fuck he's doing? Because... You, you were just talking about, oh, there's almost nobody I'd rather not see than Jay Lethal on television. What if he was yep. managed by Jeff Jarrett? Seems? Yeah, found it pretty quick. I don't I, can't, I shouldn't have said that out loud. And this, this was a night full of whatever you say out loud. The next segment makes you look stupid for saying it because it triples yes. or doubles down in one direction or the other. Um, I can't stress enough how bad this is to me. Uh, one, because... Even for what Jeff Jarrett could lend to a company right now, which I suppose is heel heat about being this like sort of a Dan Lambert minus, like this representative of the, the old world of wrestling and the, the world he likes. Um, GCW just ran this angle, like at the Hammerstein. Like this just happened. Effie versus Jeff Jarrett, where that is the exact thing Jeff Jarrett's doing. And I don't understand what somebody looks like. I'm talking about Tony here looks at the opportunity to get Jeff Jarrett into your company and is like, we got to do it. Here's where we bring in the casual fan, Jeff Jarrett. Oh, can, can I say my favorite Jeff Jarrett moment? Do you mind, Supes? <laughs> I think mine, yeah, you, please, please. I think I know, I think I do think I know mine, but you go ahead. Oh, go, you go ahead. I, I mean, Ric Flair's last match, pretty big. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I like when uh, Vince McMahon backstage went to Stone Cold Steve Austin and was like, all right, we got WCW and we got Jeff Jarrett coming in and he's going to work a program with you. Don't worry, Steve, you're, you're going to beat him, but he's going to enter into the, the main title scene and you're going to feud with Jeff Jarrett. And Stogel's like, no, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, just refused to work with Jeff Jarrett because Jarrett Sr. was an asshole to Austin. So uh have to agree with Ashton Kutcher. This could be a cash for gold situation. Uh, everybody remember Global Force Wrestling, the, the Fed built around a scam by Chael Sonnen and Jeff Jarrett. Just not a good sign. Man. It's just not a good. It's just never, not once has it been a good sign that 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 you've brought Jeff Jarrett in. Just like it hasn't happened. It hasn't what, happened. And it's 2022, and and this is the. Is this what's like? Uh, I'm speechless. It's hard to even like. You lose such faith when things like this. For for it's me, so, it's so this. troubling. It's so tr like you cannot give me Jeff Jarrett and. Jay Lethal, it's not about the like, oh, a guy I hate is on, I want to see him lose. I don't want to watch a show that Jeff Jarrett is on every week. That's just not, it's been proven for 20 years of my life in a row. <laughs> like, and, and, and exactly across five federations. And doesn't and, matter and, where he is or what he's doing. I never wanted to see him. I've been consistent. And so was he, I suppose. Always uninteresting. 
for me, it's just a, it feels like you're pulling some sort of parachute or like it's a Crazy desperation talk. life ring towards something that I just don't like and don't understand. And for me, Zoobs, you know that I've always pushed back on AEW as WCW comparisons. I often think that they're very helicopter viewed or like flagrantly inaccurate. Uh, and I wasn't watching WCW Nitro in 2000, so I can't draw this comparison firsthand. But when I saw Jeff Jarrett tonight, Zoobs, my PTSD of being going from a diehard fan of TNA in 05-06 to petering out 08-09 to 12-13 being like, this company has stolen something from me. A sanity I can never reclaim. <laughs> and I felt, it's like, I've loved AEW more than I ever loved TNA. And tonight, I don't want to overreact. I'm going to be here next Wednesday. I will look forward to whatever's on Dynamite next Wednesday. Full gear, that's going to be as appointment viewing as appointment viewing gets besides maybe Fight Circus for this Saturday night. But it is appointment viewing for me. And so I don't want to overblow it. But I, I, I can only tell you what I felt during that segment. And when Jeff Jarrett hits Darby with the guitar and starts talking about how he's going to show people what real wrestling looks like, I was like, folks, this, this is... This sucks. This is so bad. This is some of the worst work you've done. I have, I've come on here and been like, oh, this Cody Rhodes segment, this QT Marshall segment. But these are things in a particular hole. This is like a booking decision that is at the, the core of this. And I'm like, oh, my Lord, what are we doing? We have another few of those on this show. Yeah, we do. <laughs> yeah. McVander, you nailing it here. They have a roster behind the curtain that weren't on the show instead of Jeff Jarrett. Maddie Max saying to Crota, great, great man. Water weed, you in here. You're damn right, Maddie Mac. Tom Hummel saying, uh, he said something up here. I want to. Just, I'm on the fence about getting full gear, which would be the first AEW show I haven't gotten. I mean, I don't think Mox MJF is helping that. A match you've already seen now, babyface versus babyface, but that's that's a whole other discussion. That isn't really getting built directly either. I know we have a lot of time. We have some time between there and here and now, but they haven't really done a ton to build it. Man. Man. This was, I'll, I'll tell you the truth here. Um, oh, the truth. This, this was one, this was a moment where I sort of, um, I recognize, and I'm happy with this, with this trade that I've made, right? I recognize that I love to do this show with you and I love to talk to you every week and I love to be in here with the Brainiacs and that um, I watch all of Dynamite basically no matter what when that happens, right? Of course. Tonight, a ton going on. I would not have come back to, to Dynamite probably. I would have, it, it, until, until, the, until Twitter was like, oh my God, it's Shibata. I probably would have I would have been like, ah, I'll, I'll watch one of the many other things that are on the television this evening, NBA, MLB, uh, you know, the World Series, the NHL. Like I would I would watch anything else would show with my wife. Like I would have I would have given up on the show after the Jeff Jarrett thing and caught up the next day and been like, what was worth seeing? I would I, I for sure. Like, I, I know myself. And that's pretty that's pretty cutting commentary, considering how much goodwill you once had for this company. Yeah. Um, and for me, I'll back you up there and just say, if I had any sort of life whatsoever, even, you know, a, a shred uh, of an existence outside of pro wrestling, I, I would have flipped the channel too, but you know, my, my, here I am. Yeah. Not good. Tough scene. Tough scene. Uh, we go backstage in this spot. We know after the first segment, they like to go backstage to a Mox promo and Zoobs. I'm so sorry to say this. And maybe it was the Jeff Jarrett stink. And I'm sorry. I know this is going to be popular with the Brainiacs because no one wants to hear me say this. I don't want to hear me say this. John Moxley is a little overexposed for me right now. Oh, wow. See, you, you're you're you've read my note. You got my notes here, and I'll I'll give me I'll give a little extended thing, and then I'll let you run with that because I think you have a bigger point to that. Um, I don't need the the Mox single match every week 
to me that make again maybe it was the stink of what i had just seen and i was in a foul mood and i was like probably not going to enjoy whatever is next no matter what um and we talked about this recently i think the need to have them and it's such a silly thing to complain about with what we normally say we like the need to have a john moxley singles match and a kevin and a, and a chris jericho singles match every week is is pretty apparent all of a sudden where it's like every week they got to have those two guys in a singles match somewhere 100 to, to get to show anything i would have been fine with tonight mox teams with yuda against uh the the guys that are involved in this right you get ethan page after this and lee moriarty Moss goes back and says, "Hey, we gotta we gotta tighten the ship up around here. BCC, you're with me tonight. We, we gotta beef with these guys versus the like eliminator or the tight the tag title or the pardon me the title match against a guy who has done nothing in the company in the last little bit just to continue to have Mox matches every week. I think there's ways to get him involved and ways to build exciting things other than leaning like boy, Mox MJF doesn't feel really all that special because they haven't had the time to build to it because Mox is just constantly." wrestling one-on-one matches against anybody on the rock like again it's a weird thing to complain about we got too many mock singles matches but like i don't know it's, if mox it, wasn't the world champion i would feel differently as well and I, I think you would as well of course of course yeah and i thought you nailed it early there he has a faction there's a million reasons to have mox and tag action on tv you can even have mox and losses in his faction if you need some yeah. options to build but these title defenses first of all i mean i said it last week but the eliminator matches they're, they're just not for me it's the combat sports headed me. If you beat the champion, it, it isn't right. an opportunity to face the champion. That's, that's not what beating the champion is. You're, in, in, you in beat theory, the champion. In theory, I love the idea of Mox wants to stay sharp and he's a guy who who you know continues to stay focused by fighting a lot. To me, that's where the that's like, oh, I'm gonna stay, I'm gonna get in tags, I'm gonna get in and out, stay fresh, not take damage, but continue to work and stay loose. Like it makes that logical step makes perfect sense to me. And, and as you said, avoids the trap of like he's doing an eliminator or he's in a title match against a guy that you know is not going to beat him he, he could take with danielson like give us that there's a there's a dream match marks and danielson against any two guys like we, we were lopping that shit up so and then not that they have to do that every week but you know i, I you can do moxie yuda and and do moriarty and, and page and have a banger for the same amount of time that this had and and tell the same story really no a hundred percent and I, i'm gonna go with good friend jake's comment here saying just give me a danielson match instead now in general i would rather watch john moxley wrestle than brian danielson but if they feel a need for star power on the television i totally think good friend jake hit the nail on the head brian danielson maybe isn't currently a star to the level of john moxley but it would take this much heating up to get him roughly as hot as mox right people you're never that Absolutely. far away from a brian danielson baby face in being incredibly over like that that's always that's always you know uh, within your grasp so yeah i i just anyway so this is the mox promo uh and we'll, we'll get into the lee match here in a moment zeus but in between it is worth noting that there's a another elite disappearing promo here where it's it's like a video editing thing they're on final cut like editing the elite out of this stuff listen again i don't want to repeat what i said last week i'm not the biggest fan of these but i'm so glad they're happening that i'm not going to complain about them we're we're at least the elite are coming back or like we're, we're getting to something we're acknowledging it so as much as i think these are just like just low-end looking promos uh no complaints here let's we're we're making motion on something that's been the family secret for for a month now yeah um yeah the third person over the shoulder somebody is actually doing this versus it's them uh okay all right <laughs> like pretty pretty film school like pretty broadcasting college look to me personally yeah. just sort of my two cents as to how that looked i was like oh yeah 
uh people who aren't interested in film making a film i get it um (laughs) (laughs) we we have uh better videos here on the channel that's uh and we have an intentional like low effort aesthetic at times right like there's like a i mean i i pour my entire soul it's an aesthetic i'm not saying oh oh, yeah 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 i yeah it's yeah it's It's leaked yeah it's like a avent garden sort of one of those you know um so he is out here with regal to face lee moriarty and i did i was able to get into this match again they did this thing where commentary and the guys in the match had talked before it was very obvious that they said lee moriarty is going to be going for mox's arm from go and regal's going to recognize that this is the game plan and all of commentary is going to be talking about lee moriarty working the arm and i thought this was very nice and you know in some ways working a joint is like some people just think that's what wrestling storytelling is it's like Oh, it's wrestling storytelling. Well, it's it's working a joint and consistent selling. It's like, well, no. But uh, it is nice to see. I, I always praise Kento Miyahara, whose matches I enjoy so much for being so singularly unique. His entire thing is that he does the straight jacket German suplex. He locks you up and then does a very slow suplex. And no one ever kicks out of it. And his entire matches are built around trying to get that grip. And I felt like this match had almost the an inverse version of that in some ways. But it's nice to see something with such a directed goal. I liked when they were working all the full Nelson positions. Like, Mox has fallen in love with being this, uh, hey, I train in Extreme Couture. I'm in BCC. Let's flex a little of my BJJ knowledge. I think it's pretty cool, actually. Even if I thought it was a little slow at moments, I did like this match. Uh, but I, I, the stink of the Jarrett thing was reeking all over this for me. And I was sort of just like, ugh. Yeah, it's interesting how those things can color um, how you experience something like this. Because I think I'm, I'm sure in a vacuum, I probably would would very much like this. Uh, like Moriarty, I've really enjoyed most of his work. And uh, as you pointed out very astutely, that I pointed out uh, in previous Mox matches, I love the expanded moveset. I love the mm-hmm. I love the growth of Mox with this with this faction, as you said. Um, I think it works wonderfully for him and uh, makes him look like a lot more complete wrestler now that he's a champion. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. Phil rounded out the skill set. Sort of became uh, a man, the hardcore boy no more. Like he can go there. Yes. Um, but yeah. but you might just have to face a Manu Imano and that's no picnic either. Yeah. So uh, again, it, it I, so I was in such a bad mood. Uh, and and the, and the mox overexposure is real. That is the truth. That is the truth. And we that that not that it colors the match but it it factors into the way that i felt about the segment as a whole and with that soups i would like to get to that very topic in our first of three keep it or kick it's of the evening of course keep it or kick it a segment i'm going to go to three times throughout tonight's episode of a double dudes i'm going to take a prompt from my wrestling brain i'm going to pitch it to the zoobs and the brainiacs in the chat you're going to head over to your emotes bar and you're going to select either the keep emoji or the kick emoji keep emoji if you like the prompt you love the prompt you want some more of the prompt and you're gonna kick the prompt if you hate the prompt, despise the prompt, and never want to see the prompt again. Zooms. You, of course, understand the rules of keep it or kick it. He knows. This is a guy. He's giving the thumbs up because this is a guy. You, you can do anything to the zooms. You you could aim one of those medieval cannons at him, blast <laughs> the ball at him from five feet. He's he's getting up. One hit, two hit. Zooms alarm goes. That 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 third <laughs> hit. Whoa. Well, like a ticking clock, these zooms will get up. Here's the first prompt of the evening, and thank you to Steak Buns, Corvax, and good friend Jake for throwing these in. Zoobs, you agree and I agree, but do the Brainiacs agree? Keep it or kick it. This statement, world champion John Moxley is overexposed. Keep it or kick it. 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 
Tough scene. I feel like you weren't you weren't weeding them out this time. Sometimes you throw a you throw a shutout like this and you're weeding them out. You weeding them out? Doesn't look like I did. Just Irish look- Mac 21. Look at that. Man, that makes me sad. I was hoping for some disagreements. Hard to argue, man. The guys, the guys every 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 single week. And again, we love the mock single match. We love the evolution of mocks. We love to have our champ on the show every week. But geez, we have a TV title that doesn't get defended on TV and a heavyweight championship that well, exactly. You could get any doesn't I don't know how you get a shot with this. You can win the chip, you could win ladder matches, or you could lose that stuff and jump the line uh as part of a trios. Like I don't know. It really does feel, yeah. My God, man! <laughs> nice boy online and Irish Mac, the only kicks. Wow! How does like big fucking mocks? How ahead, does Maddie. how does culture factor into it? Like I, I was sort of thinking to myself, is this mocks trying to like set a tone or set an example to the locker room in some way? I just don't know how that how that fits into wrestling a bunch of people every week. You, you you should be deathly serious on here more often. I think that's a really interesting way of looking at it. After CM Punk's exit, so, oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Oh wait, All I'm that muted. Goodwill. <laughs> <laughs> we went back to the fucking well. Uh, I think that's a really interesting thing that I hadn't thought, Maddie. Uh, that CM Punk, you know, the the fragile body promo and mock sort of wanting to be. Listen, I am the workhorse. I will pick up this belt. I'll run with it. I'll be on this damn show every week. Does seem like a Moxley thing to do. I just think it runs headlong into the Booker's responsibility, which is ultimately where I find myself at a lot of corners on this show, which is even if Mox wants to do that, what about a live in-ring promo one week instead? Or like one of these title defenses on the road to the pay-per-view before you've announced the pay-per-view match, maybe with a member of the firm on the way to MJF. Like there's there's ways to naturally get here. Uh, sorry, Zoobs, uh, you, you were going in there and then I leapt in. Not at all. I didn't have any, I was, I was uh, not at all. No, I think you're. I think you're bang on. I think there's ways to use Moxley in the show every week. If if you're in the mental state uh, of elite and punk aren't around, and I need to fill that time with star power, which I, which, well, on one hand sounds a little desperate, but on the other hand, I get it. Right? You're. It's a. It's, a, it's bigger than, uh, than it is to us. It's bigger to them to have the ratings and have the things every single week worth tuning into. Um, but I think there's just way there's ways to use it, intriguing ways to use it, matchups to have people to ha- other people to have on the show. Frankly, you, yes. you've God damn, we haven't had Miro on this show in like a year. We haven't had uh, there's so many even Joe tonight was the yeah. first singles moment in forever. So you know they have they have such a, t- a, a talented roster, and I know I know again you're losing four big pieces in the in the guys that they don't have around, but it's not. I don't know. I, being in desperation mode also worries me a little bit, right? Sort of like, like feeling like you have to have it every single week because you don't trust the rest of the roster to yeah to have uh, intriguing things going on to, to and have that's big how stories. It's to me. That, that's, that's how it's how reading, reading to me too. Yeah, that's how it's reading to me too. Uh, our pal Niceboy online saying they'll protect Mox's rep by making him a workhorse who just couldn't keep it up for an inhuman stretch. Yeah. That is like an intentional softening up for MJF makes sense and gives Mox something to talk about after. Um, I think that's a good point by Juice as always. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Agreed. Britt Baker no-shows her sit-down with Sari and Renee. I can't explain why. This is just deeply funny to me. 
I, 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 I wrote here. I can't explain why this is funny. I'm just, you would shoot. It's like, all right, make this big deal. It's like, we're going to sit down. We're going to do this thing. It's like, no, fuck you. And Britt does acknowledge it later on in the show, which is good. But in this moment, I was just like, what? Uh, but Soraya tells Renee that Britt is selfish. She doesn't care about the AEW women's division. Soraya does. That's why she's here. Uh, Renee uh, Paquette, former coworker of the Zoobs, does the correct journalistic thing here. She says, where do you stand medically? Can you wrestle? And uh, Soraya presumably knew this would come up, whether Britt was there or not says uh, there's one more doctor she wants to see and she'll tell us next week mm. your thoughts are... i think i know who the doctor is first and foremost <laughs> you gotta wake up pretty early to get one past the zooms let me tell you that um you're saying dr mike from or, or dr yeah. phil maybe yeah well yeah maybe one of those two yeah uh dr zayas well, this thing was uh or dr who uh, um listen it runs afoul with something that i don't sort of love uh and again not in a great mood at this point i it's sort of really easy for me to be like why should brit care about the division and other wrestlers like in a kayfabe way right like, <laughs> yeah the, the, the point is doing the title and the point is you know the point of wrestling that we're all agreeing upon is th to be the best and win the i get the like meta version of like you should be a good face for the women's division and want to elevate it and this and that it's like but if brit's only motivation is to win the title who cares if she doesn't want the division to be well or, or like only cares about herself it's like yeah she's trying to be the champion that's the that's the point of right yeah yeah no it's i i don't know why it doesn't hit me it doesn't hit me as... if someone's fighting in the ufc i'm not like you know i i love i love me some sean brady but you know what she doesn't care about the ufc enough yeah what? he doesn't care about the bantamweight division he doesn't care about the other guys in his division enough so that doesn't make any sense not interesting uh <laughs> i also just hate this teasing of Sant cancerea wrestle or not because i if this somehow results in she can't i don't know what the fuck we're doing here and if she can well i suppose i guess i hate it less but it is just i don't know again it's tough when you're in such a bad mood entering this stuff on a different wednesday i might enter this segment with a bit more grace but yeah. I'm, still, I'm still remembering Darby Allen getting hit in the head by Jeff Jarrett moments ago. I'm worried that... Uh, My world. Maybe this exposes me a little bit. I'm worried that Soraya is so great is a little bit of the, like, Lita is a Hall of Famer thing. Uh-oh. <laughs> Where I'm like, it's, is, is, are we sure that Soraya is, like, this amazing... Are we sure? Like, wrestling was a lot different back then. You know what I mean? Like, she's yeah. very good. Wrestling was a lot... And especially women's division was a lot different back then you know what i mean so i think so first of all i need faith i have to believe because she has a bit of that daniel bryan thing where the tank was never emptied it's not like an edge thing where you got the full career right and then he's injured she went out in an area where it's like oh and then it's cut off there so in that way i'm excited to see where it goes i hear you about the okay it was very different it is worth noting she was the A side to some decent matches with some pretty shitty wrestlers. Like no I wouldn't say Natalia and Summer Rae, she she might still be their best match for all I know. And that isn't necessarily the highest bar to clear. It's a bit like saying best video game movie and I don't want to be a hypocrite, but there's enough of a nugget there and enough star power that I suspect you recognize that she has in that division she carries something that that I'm going to continue the faith. But you're if she ends up falling flat on her face and has been rusty for ages, I think your concern will have been uh, well-placed, obviously. Yeah, I guess my concern is almost more like, boy, the comparisons 
fucking Brian Danielson? Like, I don't think she's Brian Danielson. No, no, certainly not. Few are. So, boy, that's that's sort of that. I feel like that's okay, but the could she be Brian Danielson in quality relative to this women's division? I don't know. That's sort of yeah. the that's that's the major doubt that I'm like, does she? Yeah. Boy, oh boy, because we're talking about like you know what I mean, an immediate. You know, you know exactly what you're getting. And again, I, I will admit it's it's a it's an ignorance thing about like obviously the oeuvre of most of her best work. Obviously, I just just wasn't a time. You know, so you probably mean? saw the AJ Lee match. I'm guessing, and that was yeah, I think so. And, and she debuts. Maybe, she debuts. They tag together, I think. Yeah, yeah, she debuts at Raw, and I think like squashes AJ, and then they have an actual match, and then they tag, and then I, for two matches, and I think AJ leaves New York if I have the timeline right. It's something like that. It might only be one tag match, but like they never blow off what is obviously going to be the tag team re breaking up, and then the the payoff. So we'll see. Um, I hope, again, I hope so. I like. I oh, want. Of course, the, I have the the thing that Bates said. I do want to have happen. I want her to anchor the division and and usher us into like an era where we have a year. Twenty twenty three is like the women's division completely clicks and Athena, whose new thing is like she murders jobbers, like gets bumped up, and we're like, oh damn, yeah, she is unsafe. This fucking raw. Uh, <laughs> I, I could be totally into that. Um, and I think it would be you talk about a way for this company to feel like it's on the right track again. I think that would be it. Is sort of like you have this fresh new thing that you're finally doing right i think it would be a welcome addition to the show when we talk about the needing to have box about needing to have jericho you had a really high flying women's division and it meant something to see their top stars um it would be great and important and i hope it comes true i just worry yeah. that like i i don't have the reference of the like page there's a chance you're right man. yeah and there is still a 20 percent chance she's like and unfortunately i can't wrestle yet but i'm hoping to in the future in which case i will come on here and give the old WWDH water we dune hair. Uh, we move on. Tony Schiavone is backstage with William Regal. Uh, Regal's sort of puffing up his boy Mox. Max, you have potential, but that's not em- enough. You might be the devil, but John Moxley is a real demon. Well, that was kind of a good line. Yeah, yeah. He's, I mean, listen, Regal's amazing at this. Uh, before we get to the daddy ass birthday celebration, which I'm dying to hear the Zoobs' thought on and have been dying to hear them I all day. I completely from forgot about this. All the shit that happened in this show, completely forgot uh, about this. Completely, completely dying to hear from Zoobs. I'd like to take this opportunity to plug my Patreon if you could. I had a new patron recently say, I have no idea there was so much content back here uh, because I only talk about the one thing at a time. Right. Uh, so I'd just like to tell everybody at patreon.com slash J0SHC, not only. Does five dollars a month get you into the greatest wrestling Discord on earth? And I mean that. It's worth the talk. You you should have seen tonight's dynamite. It was machine gunning. You wouldn't. Jeff Jarrett came out. You would. I mean, the beating heart of New York. And uh, I also do months, plenty of retro reviews behind there. TNA month, ECW month, the Stu Hart Awards, delivering the the greatest Canadian wrestlers with the Zeus. Uh, there, there's been like forty episodes there this year, seventy in total. Five bucks. And I'm not going to say what it is, and I hate advertisements for advertisements or previewing for previews, but if you're on the fence, let me tell you, I'm going to win you over in December. If you're thinking, oh, maybe, I've got something going down the pipe for December. It's going to, it's going to bring people in the door. Patreon.com slash J0SHC. Zoom's anything you'd like to plug here? Not a thing, brother. I'm just uh, happy to be here, happy to be uh, on the show. I'll plug the YouTube channel if you're, if you're here uh, on the podcast or anything. Um, we love the 
we love the folks here who are with us live. They are our most favorite folks because they make the show uh, what it is, hanging out in the chat live here, twitch.tv slash wrestling brain. We have uh, a, part, a YouTube channel now, youtube.com slash at wrestling brain. Um, we dump the shows there because we wanted a place to keep them because Twitch's discoverability and uh, archiving is really shitty. So everything gets archived there. We clip out the little middle, middle segments, little games we play. It's going to be Pushbook Barry this week. You'll find that if you're on the podcast. you find it on the YouTube Friday morning. So uh, please check it out. Well, and for me, Zoobs, I think that's very cool what you've done there, where you sort of, if you don't want to be here live, you don't want to pay, there is a way you can still get the whole show, minus the post-show show, which, of course, is just Matt and I saying, have you had that sandwich? Uh, hey, you, have you guys the- proved me wrong last week, eh? Yeah. Holy. <laughs> you went, you doubled up, you went... <laughs> what do you like on a sandwich into what kind of phone do you have i was like these guys are on fire (laughs) well listen but you i mean you were watching so i mean who's the fool in bed absolutely in bed headphones on phone face down so it doesn't shine and wake the baby up i was like i can't miss this it is must see tv josh doesn't use a case what are we doing what (laughs) i couldn't sleep tossing and turning people do love to comment on it you can't go to the airport without them being like oh my heavens Look at Maddie, no case, my brother. Uh, thanks for the plug there, Zoobs. I like to romanticize the YouTube platform just because uh, it's nice. Twitch, it kind of feels like it comes and goes a little bit. And I like that down the years, it'll be like, oh, this is what we were talking about. I can honestly see myself scrolling down and be like, oh, this is what we were talking about or watching an old merch match or what have you. So uh, I'm thankful for it in that way. Yeah, tons of fun. Seventh Offensive saying, TK just tweeted that Jeff Jarrett is the AW Director of Business Development. Stop. Oh, man. Is that real? Maddie, can you confirm that for us? Would you mind checking at Tony Khan? And not that I don't trust Seventh Offensive, but you know, people like to joke. (laughs) Tony Khan, (laughs) hour after the show ends. Don't worry, folks. Jeff Jarrett's not going anywhere. (laughs) Thank you, Tony. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's real. Don't worry. This wasn't a don't worry. You're probably worried. You're probably worried. You're probably watching and you're worried. Jeff Jarrett shows up. It's probably going to be a one-off. We're never going to see him again. That makes me angry. No, no, no. Don't you worry. Jeff Jarrett's got a full-time job around here. He's got benefits. The tweet is as follows. Welcome to AEW Dynamite. To the new AEW Director of Business Development. At Real Jeff Jarrett. He's got got some stock, I bet. (laughs) Stock options in case they go public. I look forward to expanding the AEW live events calendar in 2023 and in future years with JJ. Uh, who is this person? Raphael Morphy and Chris Harrington and our entire great AEW team. Jeff Jarrett is all elite. Josh, when the words business development hit your ears <laughs> in regards to Jeff Jarrett, <laughs> how are you feeling? <laughs> Oh, I'm not okay, Zooms. Is he just going to be like, I can can double your money. (laughs) The straws that people are grasping in the chat. (laughs) I love you guys for this. For the, like, wanting to believe as hard as you can that it's going to be okay. And we're going to look back at this and be like, they brought him in to do something I didn't even notice. And the show got better uh, somehow. (laughs) They brought in Jeff Jarrett for business development and the show got better. Is what people are saying (laughs) to themselves. Uh, shout out to my brother E Prime saying cash for gold business developments feels about right. Uh, listen, I I used to think people were just fucking around, but I honest to God think I've just come to the conclusion that some people watch wrestling 
with like they want like more irony in it than me like they're like oh this is sucks and that's funny and that's good and that's just not how i watch it but i understand that that is like a real subsect of people that, oh this really sucks four months ago this show went off the air with cm punk uh against hirochi tanahashi <laughs> <laughs> We have strayed so far from God. <laughs> I was supposed to see Punk Tanahashi at Forbidden Door. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, it's not good. That's not good. That's not good. <laughs> Do you guys think you could finish the show? I really, I want to believe in the way that the people in the chat believe that they brought in Jeff Jarrett, and then everything was better after that. We're not even at my least favorite part. I know. I know. I... Oh. All right. DJ Stern Dad saying, they love to see a thing they've seen or a thing they've heard and go, I know that. DJ Stern Dad is so right on this. Yeah. They, like, feel in on it's like, ah, yeah. You're, you're bang on. Totally, totally ship that. Do you know that phrase? Ship that, Zoobs? Like, to say you agree with somebody? Yeah, yeah. Ship it. Yeah, I ship that. It's a recent learn for me. I like it, though. I ship that. That's like when I learned uh, weed was loud. I loved that one. Yeah, that Fred Claus. <laughs> yes, can you say it? <laughs> yeah, I, I put the decorations up so I can say it. Sneaking out, smoking on that Fred Claus in the, in the, in the garage. Come on, man. Double J. Steven Jared is so haunting. Uh, Zoobs, you have been, I'm not going to say a critic, you love the acclaimed, I think it's fair to say, but you have, fucking <laughs> double J, uh, but you have said that you find sometimes there's an over-focus on daddy ass within the act. Is that fair to say? I'm not putting words in your mouth. I feel like we're all going along with this thing because we want these guys to be over and we like way over baby faces and we, and they're talented guys and we like them. Um, just for me, a worrying amount of it seem to be teetering on the words daddy ass right it, no argument from me it's like i was like you're sort of you're sort of banking on a level of love for billy gunn that i have limited reserves of you can dig into it and just what we just talked about with dj stern dad a thing i saw from before and i point to it and go i know that that's daddy ass from when i was in high school that's, that's Mr. Ass. When I was in high school, now he's a father, obviously. Yeah. His kids are on TV. For God I'm a father. Sake. He's a father. We've, we've all grown. Life is You guys life, got that in life common. Goes, life goes quick. Two ass guys? Anyway, just which is all just to say, like, I like the acclaimed. If we got away from the daddy ass of it and they were still over, I would be really happy. That's all. They're doing a segment here for daddy ass's birthday celebration based around five gifts for daddy ass. Uh, the first one. Uh, he, they give daddy ass the first print of acclaimed foam scissor fingers. Pretty cool. This is a great piece of merch, right? They're, they're going to sell a zillion of these things. I would think so. The second gift and the crowd is eating this up. The crowd is so alive for this acclaimed segment. It's worth noting. Uh, they go to the crowd and they get a sign, well, not a sign, but the, what do you call Like a big pair of tin foil cardboard scissors. Yeah, a sign cut into, cut into look like scissors, basically. And they give that to Daddy Ass. Gift three. They give him a world's greatest daddy trophy. 
Oh my goodness. I mean, you, a father yourself, you wouldn't mind receiving such a trophy, would you? It'd be an honor. Are you kidding? Well, you got to earn it, right? Absolutely right. Buddy, every day. Might just do. The dad Olympics. <laughs> yeah. I don't know where you If I'm judging, I'm giving you the trophy right now. How's that? Thank you very much. Greatest daddy. And then the fourth gift. And again, Bones and Cast are on fire here. Crowd absolutely eating out of their palms for all of these. An official certificate of adoption. Oh my goodness, Zoobs. The acclaimed have a certificate of adoption to make daddy ass officially their father. Can you believe it? <laughs> I can't fucking believe this episode of television. We still have so much of stuff that makes me like shake my head in disbelief. That this barely registers these words that you're saying, all these things that are true. The gun club interrupt. Billy Gunn's actual sons, you might remember. And, and I thought they had some fair points here. It's like, wait, what are we doing here? We're we're actually your sons. You're gonna sign away to be these guys' fake sons. But all for nothing, as William Morrissey attacks and lays out the acclaimed and the firm is out there, FTR comes to even the odds and chase away all the baddies. And that was the daddy ass birthday celebration. I thought this was fun. Yeah, it's the Chris Jericho school of like, you have to be really good at this to even break even on this segment, right? To even... Totally had to, Chris Jericho energy. To even, for it to not be a disaster, you have to be really good. For it to go well, you have to be superbly over and very confident that you can carry this. And I thought they did, which is an extremely tall task given the fucking 40 minutes that preceded it. Holy moly. There was ever a segment that had the chance to die in the water. They even referenced like Billy Gunn, you were given an award for the worst segment in wrestling history. It's like, man, this could have been right there if if things had gone not your way out of the gate. But uh, these guys are crazy over and very talented. First battle royale that uh, Billy Gunn got the worst segment in history for. Mm. Zoobs, you ready for our second of three keep it or kick it's tonight? Yeah, let's spice it up. It's a spicy thing to do. Keep it or kick it. You, the chat ready. Here we go. Keep it or kick it. This prompt. I am glad. W. Morrissey is in AEW. Where's the chat on this one, these oobs? You might have done it again. You might have thrown another shout out here. Pretty close. I'm off tonight. If Andrew Huge again uh, is going to go the other way, and Tom Hummel is going to go the other way. It's key for, it's key for me. I'm happy to see W. I like a big fella. Um, XX37 thought it would be a unanimous kick, uh, but keeps from good friend Jake. No clue what this is. Heart note Dennis Dirty Work, 7th Offensive, Hits Merle, Ashton Kutcher, E Prime. Poor Penderloin, Irish Mac, Thomas W. I am Ahab, Area Thrasher, and William McGinnis. Three or four, three or four mehs in there, and like I don't see it. Corvax uh, twelve sixty six adding, keeping on Big Bill. Tom Hummel joining the kick parade, so it's two kicks. Uh, I like Big Bill. I it's not. I'm not. I'm not a complicated man. Never, never claim to be. You give me a big fellow who can, who can move and who can throw people around. That makes sense to me in wrestling, brother. That's what wrestling is. Um, big Bill is. The kind of guy that will, oh, I was thinking about this last week. You talking about Big Bill's physique, right? Seven footer, can't teach that first and foremost. But like shredded, like strong. 
I was like, I was like, I really do love wrestling because like, I, there is really no other place for like that specific type of athlete. Like, you could say NBA, but like even then, like he doesn't have like an NBA. I'm oh, sure he could thrive. He's seven jacked. feet tall. He but, did like, play college basketball at a pretty high level, but yeah, just before being, you know, this wide. But like that body type, there's nothing he could be on earth but a pro wrestler. It's just like there's the only thing you could do, dude. And he, it's, it's like it'll always work. It'll always rock to have a huge dude that's absolutely fucking bulked out of his mind that throws people around. Like it's simple dimp for me. Put him in battle royals, have them win them, and have them beat the champion. Have him beat TV champion. And I am right there with you, the Zoobs. We move on backstage to Britt Baker. So she is in the building. Uh, we're back here. We're with her interviewer on her time. We do things her way. Jamie Hader says, I just want to wrestle. And Britt goes, I just want to wrestle too. And so they have put forth an open tag challenge, these two, on Rampage. I'm interested in the Britt Brit and Jamie tag match, though. That'll work for me. Open challenge on Friday. Uh, any, anything you'd like to say about this? Oops. Simple. Simple, simple. Yeah. I, I do. I, I did like the juxtaposition of her having her own interviewer and her own sort of thing. And, like, acknowledging, like, uh, Soraya and uh, and Renee are friends. Yeah, exactly. Tony's, Tony's my friend. What, what's it, like, you know, I'm not going to go into your thing. You don't come into mine. Makes sense. And Tony doing the DMD, I thought, was sort of a nice touch uh, on right. that front as well. Actually, could you saying, I think the Enzo stink is finally off him, of course, referring to Big Bill here, which goes a long way. I think that's true, too. Yeah, I, I less and less yeah, think yeah. of him as Enzo and Cass. He's Big Bill. All right, Zoom. So this this is on you because you're, you're of course, the brains, the outfit. You know, people, people, people look at the channel and they say, Matt's the genius. Matt's the guy who, who's doing it all. But in this instance, it's you, these zoos, the broadcasting genius. Do you want to move on and play push book Barry? Or do you want to talk about Chris Jericho's open challenge? I got to do Jericho first. Okay. We'll let, we'll let push book Barry change the tide of the show, right? We'll come, we'll, we'll go out of that. Smart. We'll refresh. We'll come out to Shibata to that, like to good triple threat. We'll you're right. Out, you're right. We'll come out refreshed. Let's, let's finish this meat. We're trying to chew through and get into the cold cabana of it all. Chris Jericho, of course, puts up a challenge last week for anyone who's held Ring of Honor gold that he into open challenge. And uh, so anybody, anybody who's held Ring of Honor gold can can come on out. And of course, that includes our challenger here, Colt Cabana. This guy's put on an all-time classic match. It obviously <laughs> fucking ruled. Uh not much else to say on that for me, Zoobs. Uh, any y- your thoughts on uh, Jericho, Jericho Cabana? So this, uh, even ignoring, not even ignoring, I guess it, it's hard to ignore the CM Punk, the, the like, does this mean CM Punk is not coming back on the show of it all? We could we could have that bigger conversation, or the, or maybe it could be really short. Maybe you could have one word about it either way. But uh, aside from that, for me, this is a gag gift sort of level of humor, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's like, you open it, and you laugh for somewhere between five and 30 seconds. And then you're like, well, I'm not going to put this on my desk. I'm not going to hang it on my wall. I'm not going to wear this T-shirt. I'm going to throw this in the garbage as soon as the person uh, that gave it to me is out of my eyesight and never think about it again. Uh, that was sort of the 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 tonal shift between the like, oh, my God, Tony fucking booked Cole Cabana for this. haha, to like, oh, no. <laughs> To like truly, great thoughts. 
feels bad uh, to go through this because you, I don't want the Colt Cabana match. No, and, I mean, come on, I mean, yeah, I don't that goes want without saying. And even if it does mean that Punk is gone, I don't want them to be the subtle middle finger company that to do that amateurish stuff, to do the like. It, it it happening on the same episode of Jeff Jarrett is is so dispiriting. It's so dispiriting to have both of those things happen on the same night in the same hour. To be like, oh, is this? Is it not just that it's not just that it we we have worrying things? Is this what it's turning into? That we're taking these like we're we're taking the very clear. We're putting the flag up. We are number two. We're the second. Like you know what I mean? Like the. I did not like this at all. Uh, again, aside from the holding up the T-shirt so you can show a photo of me with it, 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 it'd be like getting one of the merch match shirts, right? <laughs> you'd be like, ah, somebody got me a merch match shirt. It's like, well, I said I would never wear it in public, and I'm not gonna. Still not going to. Um. Yeah. I thought you made some great points there, Zeus. I just, I mean. Okay, so l- l- let me let me start with a question. Maybe here, Zeus. If you can, I ask you a question again. Throw it right back to you. Sure, but I, I'll I'll be getting out of the way as quick as I can here. I I sort of empty. I don't have anything beyond yeah. sort of that. Sort That's of like okay. This thing. is a bit of a pivot anyway. Yeah. Uh, you know, Dark Order sort of names their guys in importance, right? <laughs> yeah. Uno's the main fella. Uh, his buddy two uh, is he's gone now, but he was number two. Ten's up there. Where in the rank of Dark Order would you say Colt Cabana is? And of course, Dark Order, we're talking about the, the comedy jobber faction. Where where in the hierarchy of the comedy jobber faction w- would you place uh, Mr. Cabana? 15th, probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah, somewhere after everybody, even, even below uh, John Hungry and Alex Reynolds, right? I would, yes. Can, can you remember the last time Colt Cabana beat anybody? I cannot. I remember Lance Archer beat him on TV a while ago. I remember that was a tournament for something. But but can you, can you remember Colt Cabana win? Can anyone? Can't say I do. So so then you said, you know, even to put the CM Punk thing aside, and yet it, it kind of feels impossible for me to do so. Of course. Because why the fuck is Colt Cabana challenging for the Ring of Honor world title against Chris Jericho? If not for the, the the CM Punk connection, for the fuck you to to CM Punk, because I I can't I can't think of another reason. It's not like anyone else. You think you'd think if there were Dark Order was going to put somebody forward for the Ring of Honor title, they might go with with ten or one or five or one at one of the fellows. But they hadn't. You had to have held gold, right? Right. So you get Colt Cabana, the the lowest ranking member of a faction that always loses. Who I can't remember a win. Uh, challenging Chris Jericho for the title. Where I'm not supposed to think of CM Punk during it. Yeah, I mean, listen, you were supposed to you were supposed to think of CM Punk. It was well, yeah, was... they wanted CM Punk to think about it, but they I would say they didn't want the audience. Although I do think the audience is more pro elite than they are CM Punk. I think sure, I would agree. I'm sure if CM Punk came back, he'd get booed. To be honest with you, yeah, I think that's probably true. Maybe depending on the city, but I think that's largely true. Not in Vancouver, I can tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> Um. Yeah, actually, DJ Sterndad just put a tweet in the chat. Maddie, would we be able to get that on screen? Because uh, I saw this too and did think that this was a little disheartening. Corvax1266 saying, outside of our community, I think people are pro-elite. Yeah, I think that's right. 
Yeah. So almost W saying, didn't he win on the Death Before Dishonor pre-show? That that could have happened, but almost serves to make my point more than it does break it. This trip uh, is very saddening, says good friend Jake. Yeah, I, I had to agree with you. Yeah. Um I don't know. Uh, I like why do I want to follow a company that's like like okay, so I think everybody agrees the match was bad. Like it was not a good match. There were two very clear botches both times I went to the turnbuckle. Um it was not for the audience that Colt Cabana versus Chris Jericho was here. It was for the meta audience who enjoys the, the fuck you to CM Punk. And yeah. I guess this is the statement. And I mean, if, if you're one of these people who would rather have Colt Cabana than CM Punk on uh, the screen, then I said, God bless you. Yeah, I, I'll get, uh, I'll read a couple of comments. Um, Thunderous G, I agree with a lot with what Zoob said, but I think this is more than just pettiness. This is a message to the locker room. Uh, action Kutcher following up. I feel like if you want to make a move that's supposed to galvanize the locker room, that's cool, but it shouldn't come at the expense of come making on. the audience suffer, which is um, sort of where I land on this. How about our brother uh, early 90s pants saying CM Punk innocent CM with Punk a stub. Innocent. <laughs> Producer <laughs> Dan always gets it. Uh, Area Thrasher asking if this is a Jericho call. Um, so sure. that's better. Is that better or worse to you? Worse to me. Yeah, I mean, I think I think Jericho's largely in charge of his ROH program. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> Chris Jericho really stepped up. Source, Chris, Chris Jericho. <laughs> uh, so I don't know if you saw this tweet here, Zoobs. Trent, of course, and I love the best friends saying, for the boys, uh, to Colt Cabana's entrance. So the, the locker room, the locker room loves Cabana. Uh, judging by the match and the reaction, the fans don't love Cabana. But, I mean, it's not the end of the world. Of but course. I was like, this is where this is where we're finally gonna fucking acknowledge the CM Punk situation. It was a Colt Cabana match. Like this, this is how we're serving the fan. This is the acknowledgement. I mean, okay, great. This sucks shit, man. That's how I felt. Yeah, you hate you hate to um recognize that that's sort of a ripple effect of it, right? As much as it seems like it's the petty insider thing, you do also have People like yourself and myself, who it's like I want you want the punk thing to 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 be a, a resolved and fixed, and these signs make it feel like you don't want you to watch the show. Like we don't want the punk fans to watch the it show. It's like fuck you to me for like liking CM Punk, the guy you brought in for the all time biggest contract. You knew his value. Frankly, I'd make the case that the show was way fucking better when he was around. Certainly better than the first hour of this. Holy. So yeah, nine o'clock. Uh, I am like, boy, I don't know, I don't know about this show. <laughs> I'm very worried about the uh, mood of if this is what everybody wants this to be going forward. Uh, makes me really sad. Was sort of where I was at. I didn't. I like. I just didn't think AEW had reached its peak. I still don't think it has, but it might have reached its peak for a couple of years. Like it might, might have some. So we're shaking out to do. Full Gear is an important fucking pay-per-view. I can tell you that. Full Gear is an important pay-per-view. Lots is on the line. I almost feel more anticipatory for the Ring of Honor pay-per-view in December, to be honest. Jeff Jarrett against uh, Sting. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess that match will probably be Jay and Jeff versus Darby and Sting, presumably. Can't Who wait. Who knows, man? Can't wait. Hope that's on. Hope that's. Hope that's. Hope that's like. Three and a half hours into full gear. I hope that match happens. Eleven thirty Eastern time. Just break you, <laughs> just break you once and for all. Uh, let's not forget about Cole Carter. Thank you, Ashley yeah. Kutcher. 
Uh, Double XFL7 saying, I started playing Fortnite after the Acclaim segment. You, you know what felt like a Fortnite? This first hour of Dynamite. <laughs> That's using the old school uh, definition of Fortnite. Two weeks, not yeah. the, the game. That's right. Why is the game called that? I don't know. Maybe that's how long it took to make. Have you seen those graphics, folks? <laughs> you think you think I was the stand-up on this program? No kidding. I'm bebopping and scatting. <laughs> it's, how long pub, it's how long PUBG was successful before Fortnite came out. <laughs> there you go. There you uh, go. Okay. I hate to overindulge in this, but listen, I, I was very unhappy during this. I'm just gonna put it on the line. Tony Khan needs to get it together, right? I love this show. I still have tons of goodwill for it. I'm not going to miss this show for a Wednesday for the next year, even if it goes in the direct. That's just the truth. I, I'm, I enjoy watching this show, but it's not heading in a direction that I prefer. And like, this just felt petty. Now I know that I am the world's preeminent CM Punk, uh, you know, apology. What do you call that? Soups apologist. Yeah. Apologist and fanboy, and I look the other way for him being a jerk, and so I'm probably oversensitive to this. But I, I just I go on. I can only come on here and tell you what I was thinking during it. And I was just like, "What? Like we all think CM Punk's good, right? So it's fuck me." And here's Colt Cabana, Colt Cabana, and Zoobs, you'll back me up on this. I'm not just dumping on Colt Cabana for because it suits me here. I've dumped on him for a long time on this program. It has nothing you, to do. You said you said um, Punk uh, getting Colt Cabana off the show if it was true is another point in punk's favor <laughs> i did say that and i was i still believe it that's the god's honest truth i would thank him but anyway anything else you'd like to say zoobs i'm sad pretty fucked man pretty fucked i, I sick in, you i'll tell you what you want to match sick in the head you want to match you want to go real true i can get full sicko psycho about this oh yeah oh yeah Sell yourself, sell yourself far enough down the way is that this was the sign that Punk is coming back. Oh, boy. He says everything is, you know what? I was too sensitive. Let's go full, build the show around being a fuck you to me, and then I'll come back in a year. You can't get rid of me. I, I got the contract. I'll sit right here in the middle of the ring. I hate, I hate AEW. I hate all these fans. Yada, yada, yada. Zoobs have done it again. That's definitely what's happening here. It's just, I don't know how I didn't see it before. Once you laid it out, it's its plain as day. I, Him and Cabana, they make cute on the side. A That's little, right. Little That's hey, right. Trent's in the tweet, brother. Ah, oh, they're all sitting around. Punk they're in the right now. Punk Please. calls TKF. He says, you know what to really get people going? You give, yeah. them, give them Cole Cabana for the Airways Championship. Get Brian Alvarez to tweet out something big is happening tonight. Give it up Let's for really the Zoobs, folks. He's, he's really sell some tickets. Let's really so one week, two weeks, or three weeks. How many weeks until CM Punk is back? Oh, uh, like 70 weeks. Oh, a year and a half. A really long term like story. All out 2024. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, could just say Punk and Colt start sharing a bank account. That's right. He's paying the bills again. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Fuck, he really put. Cole Cabana in this match and then after that tweeted out that Jeff Jarrett was the new director of business development. Oh, How that dare hurts. the match suck that bad? Like Cabana had to be like, all right, this has to be the match of my career. Like Jericho gets good stuff out of people and instead they're just like, oh, what if I did the funky roll-up shit? It's like, oh, it'll suck like the rest of your stuff, man. And then lo and behold, not good. <laughs> You might say I'm not a Colt Kafana. Yeah.
that's like, a good end of the show. I agree. If, that, if that's where we're going, like we're going to the era of dynamite where we, fart noises is the only way that we can get it. Yeah. Then let Natty run wild, I say. Yeah. Pac, Orange Cassidy, and Luchasaurus here with the All Atlantic title on the line, as well as the winner gets a dream match stipulations. It was can't say I've ever seen this one before. Uh, introduced by, to my knowledge on commentary as the competitors are walking to the ring. Uh, the winner gets a dream match here. Mamma Mia. What do you think of this as a step? Brand new, never before heard of, uh, thing that you can do in a wrestling match. Pretty cool. Dr- I mean, you think the dreams would vary between the three of them, no? Well, I think that's the... I think that's the... It, it, it's like what? Your step is you match with anybody you want? Or is it like whoever won that match was getting Shibata, right? Is that is that what we're to believe? So in my mind, whoever wins that match is getting Shibata. Shibata is the dream match. Because I don't think they had time for Orange Cassidy, you know, to tell them ref in the air. He's like, hey, who's your dream match? And then they happen to have everybody backstage in the world. Right. I guess that's true. But then... But, somebody alive. But like his his name was like the one person whose name wasn't on the contract was Shibata. That's true. Who would be your dream match to in that situation? Boy, that's a great question. It's a great question. Bret Hart, maybe. Oh man. Wow. How do you just crank out these answers? You are, you know that, dude. you know that he would, he would find a way to make me look like I had nearly killed him. Wow. I love that. Seems. That's why you're over. the man of hundred likes. I'd let him be. I'd let him. I'd let him take a W. I like this match quite a bit. Um, the combination of Pac and OC, of course, we've talked a great deal about on. Or sorry, I'm the Pac, uh, Ray Phoenix and OC, uh, and Luchasaurus. It played out shorter than I thought it was going to. I thought that you could have given this the main event spot tonight and a little bit more breathing room because you had this post match angle to get to, which of course I'm glad did get some breathing room. Um, some really great offense I thought by Luchasaurus in this match. The headbutt on the ramp in particular, I was thinking, this absolutely rules. Jungle Boy comes out with a charity, even the odds. We're in a triple threat here, so of course there's no disqualification. I guess for some fucking reason, we're continuing Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy. It was a cool spot. It was a cool spot. Yeah, I'm with you, but, you know, is Full Gear going to have Luchasaurus versus Jungle Boy on it? Feels like it might, doesn't it? Yeah, you know, to me, you should put... uh... The Zooms and Bret Hart on there first. And then, well, yeah. and then we get around to this. Tony's got money. He doesn't have a, you know. Yeah, I suppose you got to, you, you got to have, you got to yeah. have cheddar yeah. to get these. Yeah, you you you, rich, either rich and wealthy. You know what I mean? So there's a difference. <laughs> Winner gets a dream match indeed, Zooms. And maybe a dream match from me. I thought as soon as they said this stipulation that we were going to get the Spring Break 3 promised match of Minoru Suzuki versus Orange Cassidy this Friday because Minoru Suzuki's in America right now. And yet, it turned out to be better. And a payoff for, for from Forbidden Door after the stinkiest episode of Dynamite I can recall. Who walks out to the fucking ring for the dream match? I don't know how, we, I don't know how you can possibly forget even even if it was, even if we were cruising through the best dynamite we'd ever seen, I don't know how you could possibly, <laughs> in your life, predict that this was about about to happen. The, I, like, I, I think I've, I'm using this term correctly. Zooms rubber banding, where you go from like one end to something to the other. Yeah, I, I never had that so hard watching something. I'm thinking this sucks. What's going on? Does Tony Khan have it anymore? This match was okay. It was a little short. I'm writing down my notes. I'm sour. And the greatest living wrestler walks. 
I don't know my how brain this is turned to gruel and started to pour out of my ears. And not just walks out, walks out and signs signs for a match. He's having a match. I don't, I don't, is Maddie, can they see the, can we get a cut where they can see the big mouth loud flag? Thank you very much. Let me, let me know when that's there. Let me, let me, let me bring the people in the learning tree for a moment. Thank you, everyone. And thank you, the suits. I'm, I'm 100% focused on you. The man of 100 likes here. The ace of Big Mouth Loud, Katsuyori Shibata, the wrestler, is not wrestling his first full match back in New Japan. Now, we did get the Ren Narita exhibition match that he sort of just said, fuck that too. Uh, but this is the first fully sanctioned named match Shibata's had. Now, if somebody needs to work safe, Orange Cassidy is actually sort of a sleepy great opponent, I feel like. Uh, I feel like they match up in a way that I'm tremendously excited for. But our guy is not wrestling in New Japan. He isn't even wrestling on the AWA show. You're going to have to tune in Friday night to watch Orange Cassidy versus The Wrestler. And Zoobs, I'll tell you right now, they got me. I will be watching Rampage Live this Friday for this match. I am so fucking hyped to watch The Wrestler get down again. If you have never seen Shibata do his thing before, Zoobs, what can people expect? Hard, it, just like hard hitting doesn't do it justice as to like what you're in for with just a straightforward, uh, strong style. It's it's technician. It's it's really something unique. Uh, I I'm I'm flabbergasted that this is even possible. He is something worth seeing. Unique. Uh, good friend Jake pointing out Mike Tyson will be on commentary for this. That is. Some what timeline are we in shit? Mike Tyson commentating an Orange Cassidy versus Katsuyori Shibata match. That is something first, beyond belief. And good the friend, first new friend. Shibata match footage we have, and it's going to have Mike Tyson's voice on it. <laughs> uh, I mean, that is astonishing. Thank you for pointing that out, Jake. I couldn't really, the, for me, next to Punk's obvious debut the first dance i can't think of a rampage that i will be seated down seated down with dinner on my lap ready to fucking watch them this friday wild wild how'd they do it how did they do this how did this follow the cole cabana segment how was that possible how could this be the same show <laughs> i mean they had to have known that how mad we would be about the first hour and had a, a meeting how can we get these zoobs and j zero back on track and they thought, well, that's easy. You, if, if you need both of them on the same page about something, you just you just Shibata go comes out with Chuck Taylor, mind you. With Chuck Taylor, Besides, standing with standing Chuck. tall with Chuck Taylor immediately after the Cole Cabana thing. <laughs> so stupid. Can can the wrestler just whip this locker room into shape? This is the guy who runs the dojo. You, somebody needs to bring a translator into the room and explain this brawl up fallout to Shibata. He will fucking sort this out. You sit the elite, CM Punk, Ace Steel, and Larry the Dog in a room. You explain the situation to Shibata. And whatever happens behind closed doors, Shibata cannot be held accountable for, if you know what I'm saying, Zoops. This situation will solve itself. This man had his brain taken out and put back in. And that's not for nothing. He's back. He's here. This Friday on Rampage and this Saturday, you can hear me glow about this matchup on Ground Floor Zero. Maddie and I with Pro Wrestling's only daytime late night talk show. Come on back right here at twitch.tv slash wrestling. Tell your friends. 
10 a.m. in the West, 1 p.m. in the East. It's ground floor zero. It's not about 9-11. Zooms, I cannot wait for Shibata versus Orange Cassidy this Friday. I just can't believe that that it's the same hour and a half. Uh, that that it was Jeff Jarrett, and then it was Cole Cabana, and then it was Shibata. I can't believe that one show could do that. Two not even thousand <laughs> thirty-five days between real Shibata matches. Hi, it's Merle says. And it's gonna be AEW Rampage against Orange Cassidy. Rampage suit. The C show. <laughs> and and you gotta like I you know, Orange Cassidy against Shibata. <laughs> like, <laughs> you gotta find Shibata is wrestling. How are you going to find a way for Orange Cassidy to survive this? This is unbelievable. Is I didn't even consider Orange Cassidy might hold on to that title. Is there a chance Orange Cassidy successfully defends against Shibata? Is Shibata going to be the... And then what? You're telling me Shibata's the Atlantic champion? You can't have him lose. I know. <laughs> Who's buying... You, you think anyone's going to buy... If Orange Cassidy beats Shibata, the arena will be flooded with tears of laughter. Who... Sue, I mean... I don't know what they're going to do. Book themselves into a bit of a corner. But yeah, I imagine the wrestler takes this one in 90 seconds or so. I can't really. I've seen this guy take out a Russian MMA fighter. I, mean, last I don't know what they're going to do, man. I don't know what they're going to do. This is madness. A couple leg kicks in that shop. Orange Cassidy will be taking this real serious. I'm stunned. I'm the wrestler stunned. is here. Just gonna fuck the whale on Orange Cassidy. Good what's he, like, what's, what's, what's he gonna do? Like, is he, gonna, he? We're gonna have a we're gonna have a extended title run. <laughs> like, what what other option do you have at this point? You're telling me you're telling me Shibata couldn't carry the All Atlantic into Wrestle Kingdom. We need we put the TNT on t- TV a little more. Boy, we're what I mean, two listen, months away I'll... from Wrestle Kingdom? January fourth, January fourth, Wrestle Kingdom. Maybe has Dynamite tie-in. Because it's on the same day. That's Dynamite Seattle and Wrestle Kingdom, both on January 4th. I'll be at AEW Dynamite. Here we go. Here's Wrestling Brain Live. This thought is coming to me as I'm talking. How much Shibata carries that title into like the American wing of Wrestle Kingdom? This is the Wrestle Kingdom advertisement on Dynamite the day leading into the night of Wrestle Kingdom. You have a Shibata match on Dynamite for that title. That he wins off Orange Cassidy this Friday on Rampage. Could be. Not bad. Not bad at all. You can't tell me you're going to pick Shibata to lose a match. Not, not this decade. It's it seems insane to say he's going to come back and then lose, but you tell me it's 2030. The then we talk about Shibata maybe losing, he's winning the title on, on free TV on, on Friday. I mean, what Orange Cassidy is going to, Orange Cassidy doesn't have a say in it. Tony Khan doesn't have a say in it. They're in the ring with the wrestler. If he doesn't see some fighting spirit, he's taking the title. That's, That's what I'm with. Orange Cassidy can fight or he cannot. That, he wants to have his hands in his pockets. He's going to be eating low leg kicks. I'm telling you right now that's happening. I'm telling you. The wrestler. There's a, how many wrestlers do you think there are Zoobs in, in total? I don't know. I don't know, man. 100,000? Who knows? And if, if I say the wrestler, who am I talking about? Katsuviori Shibata. So what are we talking about? <laughs> yeah. I guess you're right. You know, there's if there were any other business, they'd call that one the business? That's right. Yeah. The wrestler. With Mickey Rourke. <laughs> <laughs> did, did we do enough time on Shibata Zoobs? I think you I think you got your point across as to how important this is. After an episode like this, it was a good band-aid. Let's say that. 100%. Without Shibata, 
I'd be having a different tone on this episode. And that also goes for this next gentleman. Swerve at Our Glory is backstage with one of the best celebrity guests in wrestling recent memory. Uh, Rick Ross, who I'm not the most familiar with his music. I know his song, Nobody, 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 There's Somebody. Uh, I know that song. I'm not the most familiar with his work. I know a couple lines at the beginning of Kanye West Monster, but I really don't know much about Rick Ross. I can tell you right now, this guy would make a hell of a pro wrestling manager. I needed mm-hmm. about three seconds of seeing this guy on TV to be like, oh, okay. Uh, Zoom for you was blown away by the boss as I was here. Yeah, man, Rose, he was incredible. He, he better than a lot of people that uh, that get to be on this show at being on the show and interacting with people in real time. Uh, again, Swerve is valuable beyond his is possibly what you're paying. Yes. Him. Uh, oh, my really cool guy. Like, awesome. Uh, sorry, didn't want to get past Vacant Planet's question here, which I did think was great about the last segment. What's the ratings floor for OC versus Shibata? Uh, ratings like how good the match is or ratings like how many people tune in? How many people tune in? So your uh, your average Rampage does 500K or so? Uh, I mean, geez, I don't know. It's it's hard to, it's hard to say. I'm not good at... It's I'm hard, not, yeah, I'll let you approach it. I'm not good at guessing what the ratings will be. I'll go six, seven million. <laughs> and then the ceiling yeah. is, I mean, how many people are alive? Yeah. Yeah. Four, how many people over television? Five, six billion probably. Yeah. Well, all of them. And then, you know, whoever's born during the match, I suppose, can tune in. Right. They, yeah, yeah, yeah. People are going to be born. You know, these guys are going an hour, presumably. So that could be a lot of children. Forget, people are going to be born during this match. So that is worth pointing out. I love the wrestler and Rick Ross. Um, Qui-Gon Jin and Ju saying the Ross enabling swerve shenanigans dynamic was tremendous. Yeah, this creating sort of a peer pressure dynamic on Keith Lee. This makes their team more interesting to me. We've always read it as, oh, they're going to break up. Oh, they're going to break up. But instead, it's something way more interesting. It's two guys who aren't very similar, but wrestle well together. They don't communicate perfectly. They occupy different worlds. But in ring, they can, miscommunications included, get it done. And that's interesting to me. As Keith is like, come on, can we can we take this seriously? And Swerve and Rick Ross, I want to live it up, have some champagne. And uh, just a great segment here. Yeah, great point. Yeah, it's a great point. Um, I love... I love that. Uh, and you have sort of t- hinted at that as being part of um, where Keith really goes from this. I think that's great. I think it's a great note. Oh, boy. We're back. To, I mean, come on. Uh, Jade Cardgill versus You Don't Know Me, Marina Shafir. Tough to have Rick Ross, uh, Marina Shafir back to back and be like, one of these people is in professional wrestling and one of them is not. And <laughs> Well, okay, listen, man. I don't like Marina Shafir more than anybody else, but th- th- they're telling you this match is unimportant and bad when you have Vicky Guerrero and Nyla Rose get the camera on them for a third of this match. They do the on-mic live commentary in the ring. So uh, I thought this was a total mess, just an absolute mess took away from... I mean, I'm sure the match wasn't going to be any good, but that was almost like an admission of it. I don't yeah. know. I thought this was no good. Not Ashley Kutcher, yeah. Uh, Marina also had new music so when you hear violins you know there's violins no longer really plays tough 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 scene yeah i agree totally um let's say sabotaged by the by the thing at the top of the ramp that whole thing is as you said sort of maybe just an admission that it wasn't going to be very good no matter what sort of what's going on 
Hard note asking, is Marina done after this? I, I think that was her push. Like, I'm not saying you're never going to see her again, but I'd be shocked if this... I mean, Marina Shafir's been on TV more than almost any woman over the last couple of weeks. I'm talking about appearances, not minutes. It's like, why? She's not any yeah. good. Uh, I don't... And I think it's like, we know now. It's not like, a, oh, she's coming along thing. Like, we know. That promo was so great now that I think about it, actually, yeah, dude. You know me. <laughs> you don't know me. You don't know me. Merciful goodness. Uh, we move on to uh, the first we've seen in Malachi Black and Buddy Buddy Richards. I almost said Brody King uh, in a little bit as they do. Uh, I think what the Zooms would probably call some House of Black lore here. Yeah, I think so. You call it you call it lore, world building. Um, Were you into yeah. this? Uh, yeah, I'm back into like I've been tough on Malachi Black, obviously. Um, but yeah, this is where these guys thrive, and and I, I, I don't, I, you don't want to have the football lined up for you again, and say like, you know, these are it's a cool guys that we're into that do cool stuff that we want to work. Um, I, you know, it works with who they are and what they do, and and fits with their message. If it means that Malachi Black is coming back and is focused up, and they have a direction for him. I'm into it. If he's just going to come back and be in the dark room and, and mumble nothingness, I'm not into it. I think this is cool, very aesthetically cool, undeniably cool. Um, I want it to work. I, I, I continue to give them the benefit of the doubt of wanting it to work. I think Brody King is one of the standouts for me of somebody that really impressed me in 2022, something that I didn't know a ton about, but people told me about um, that I sort of come out of the year being like, I totally get it. I get a, I get 100% of the appeal of Brody King. Um, I think it can work. I do think it can work. Yeah, I, I agree. Regardless of what form this takes, if this is just a Malachi and King tag team, I think they would be an absolute gift to the tag division. Or if this is Brody as your mid-carder and Malachi at the top of the card, that works for me too. We just need to get these guys wrestling in, in front of people. I didn't love this video package, despite I like Julia Hart being such a focus. Like it's very, it's almost like she's the leader of House of Black in this. I mean, Malachi's face is the one flashed at the end, so maybe that's not totally accurate. But she's running show here as they're they're being rebirthed, as they put it. Um, but I want these guys to wrestle. I like them both a lot as wrestlers, and let's get Malachi and Brody King wrestling. That's what I yep. would like to see. One, one of the, uh, I mean, a couple people, many people on the show, where you sort of are just like, yeah, just put them in good matches that have reasons to happen, and I'll be happy. Anyway, it'd be easy to not complain about. Would you rather have a Colt Cabana or, or Malachi Black? Right? <laughs> Malachi Black. Not me. I, I'd take Boom Boom there. Yeah, boom, boom, cabana. I, I like the the finisher, the roll up. Yeah, but the, the top rope roll up, I like that. No way to live, man. It's no way to live. I can't do this. I can't do this with you. I can't. I, I can't. You can't be this version of yourself as the co-host of the show, man. Oh, I'm so sorry. I feel negative. It's hard to escape. <laughs> You can't be this version of yourself. I'm trying. I know. I know you are. But I don't have, that's, as you know, that's tough tennis rallies for me. <laughs> but you were just upset. Upset about the show. Yeah. It's, it's sad. <laughs> uh, here's something that is always going to cheer me up, though. Uh, answering my call. Samoa Joe singles match, a title defense here, no less, against Brian Cage for the Ring of Honor TV title. And I thought this was was pretty fun. <laughs> McFander, you're saying this is the most dead air on AEW ever. <laughs> Not my fault. I said a lot of words. I'm still getting around that. 
Uh, I thought a double dudes kicked ass tonight for the record. Yeah, we brought it. We, that was a home run. Yeah, there's no, this is a hard show to, to get your hands around, but not hard for me to praise this match. I thought that these guys both understood the task. They knew what sort of match and time length that they had and what they wanted to get done. Uh, we continued the embassy storyline with them beating down after Joe got the win here. However, lots of fun stuff along the way. I was surprised Joe wasn't outright injured by that plancha that Brian Cage did. It looked like Joe was sort of bent over at the waist. And then Cage just sort of landed on him for the plancha, which I guess when you have a back as broad as Joe's, maybe I'm overestimating how much that would hurt. But I mean, if I was bent over at the waist and a guy like Brian Cage landed on me, th there'd be no programs. There's a couple of those. There was the the pump handle thing near the end that got yeah. like, pretty dicey to the, to the head. I was like, whoa, just got around on that. No, listen, this was this was the push and pull of like what we want the ROH programming to be. Uh, we, we would never find complaints that the ROH programming was Joe strongly defending the title he has in singles matches against guys his size. I mean, that's exactly what we want it to be. It's exactly what we, what we need it, um, this all to be. So, um, yeah, no complaints there. It's, it's, we don't want the Satnam Singh. We don't want the not Satnam Singh. We don't want the Jay Lethal. We don't want the things uh, looking clearly second rate. We want the, we want the high end matches with with guys that look like stars anywhere and and deliver uh, main event level stuff. I think that's um, this is the good. This is the good potential of this show. Is you have these guys that you didn't expect to be in the main event week in week out putting on a great show with. Uh, stakes and a title that's at that in in history and all that sort of stuff. This, this is sort of the the one thing we can always say reliably that AEW does well, right? Is the main event match feels like a main event match and gets the time and gets uh, the match quality that we expect. No complaints about that. It just so happens that the previous hour forty was uh, was a real fucking roller coaster. Real roller coaster is right. Um, I totally agree that this is the ROH identity I can get into. Especially, it's sort of funny that it's like it's literally Samoa Joe. Like you'd think we'd be talking about somebody who's like an avatar for the original Ring of Honor Samoa Joe push. Like, oh, who's the modern Samoa Joe in Ring of Honor? It's like, no, it's it's Samoa Joe. Still, <laughs> Eighteen years still, later, still. It's, it's just literally <laughs> Samoa Joe doing it, which is great. Uh, if I have a small complaint again, I would like these guys to have feuded before we got here. I would have liked to have seen a live in-ring segment. I think that we're really limiting ourselves by not having Joe in those. Joe can cut a live promo with the best of them. I don't know why we're not doing it for giving him time on this show. But uh, that was Dynamite, Zeus. Did, did you get out of giving your score at the beginning? Uh, I don't think either one of us did. I think we, we sped right past it. I came in three and a half. I sort of was like, that's the exact... There was just enough good stuff to make this like... You got to fifty percent for me. Um, I took my dog for a walk before the triple threat match, um, and I was like rehearsing how I was going to curb my massively negative reaction to the first hour yeah. of the show. I was like, "Hey, what am I going to say here? How am I going to how am I going to toe the line between like pointing out how deeply disappointed I am by a lot of this show versus, uh, you know, we're not." jumping off the ship as a joke we might put in the in the description yeah. like it's our last show ever but like obviously we're sticking it out we want this to be a good show but like boy i was pretty worried halfway through and then you know shibata thing is huge uh good matches in the back end we wanted the you want a samoa joe single match that hits hard and you get it um still some misfires the nyla thing was just like fit right in with how shit that this show was um yeah. thinking about it now three and a half honestly seems like i'm being generous probably a three two and a half maybe feels more where, where do you land three 
Yeah. Because in my mind, if the show was always a four, I'd probably watch it. Like I think yeah. a four all the time would keep me. It was, you know, usually there's a good wrestling match on top. Maybe it was like one or two storylines. And then two, like I've I've stayed, I've watched weekly wrestling television that I'd give under a four out of seven. And so if a four is where it would need to be for me to watch, this is definitely short of that. Like if the show was this quality every week, there's absolutely no way we would be doing the double dudes or I would be watching this show. There's not a chance. And yet the hope of a rampage with Shibata and the Joe singles match at the end that I enjoyed so much gets this to something. I'm telling you, those two things save it we, w- without Shibata on this yeah. show. And they brought Shibata out and got a three out of us. Like that's, I can't, crazy. Yeah, I can't put it any better than that. That's crazy talk. Uh, worst dynamite in 2022 says stake of buns and stake of buns yes. saying there's some bad ones from 2019. Uh, folks, for me, it's, it's uh, easily the worst. Yeah, no no question. I mean, I, I I'm not saying, it. look, there was good stuff on it, but none of the rest of them had Jeff Jarrett or like the fuck you to CM Punk on it. Yeah, we had to, we had to squeeze some fives out before. I've never been, again, viscerally like, oh, this show, this show could chase me out if I wanted to, as I did tonight. Yeah, there, there might have been like some empty arena ones or, or whatever. But yeah, if 2022, no, easy, easy for me. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure there were more mediocre ones like that didn't have anything as good as the main event or Shibata appearing on it for sure. Like it was a Peaks and Valleys show. Yeah, but yeah, the Valleys yeah. were were so dire to to my interest, like legitimately hitting at my foundational interest. Tough scene, holy. And that was AW Dynamite, and this was the A Show. <laughs> <laughs>